855-450 free. That's the SACL toll-free call in line here on Free Talk Live. This is our live Saturday night edition. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You are listening, that's right, to a live radio program here on a Saturday night. I know, I know, Saturday's covered with the Open Lines current event shows being recorded, not Free Talk Live. And on Free Talk Live, we don't normally, um, when we you know bring up show prep, of course, you can call in at 855-450-3733, talk about what you want to talk about, but we usually bring up show prep. And so the news of the day isn't the way we normally do things. We try not to talk about the same things that the other guys are talking about. And in some ways, um, you know, this story is like what we do. In some ways, it's not. Um, this well, story... what we usually do is issues-oriented talk, right? right? So we use current events to lead into discussions about issues. And we normally, you know, do commentary. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about a story um, that's out there and we'll do commentary. We don't break news. Yep. Um, and, and really, frankly, most talk radio shows don't break news. <laughs> um, they're, they're commentary shows. That's what, That's what we do. But there is a show, there is a, an event going on that is sweeping uh, New York City, and frankly, it's, it's all across the United States, is the Occupy Wall Street. And uh, there's little Occupy events all across America. And what's been going on for the last two weeks, and frankly, it's not getting much media play, and only recently, last week, has it gotten any frankly, a uh, mm. major uh, media play. You said you, you yourself didn't believe it until today, Mark, when you saw some additional reporting on it. Uh, well, today, yeah, today something different has happened. Mm-hmm. Up, up until now, there appears to have been a band of uh, a few hundred people um, to several hundred, uh, you know, doing sort of impromptu marches around New York City, um, especially the Wall Street area, disrupting some traffic, holding signs, doing just different stuff. And um, some of which, you know, a lot of which I support and some of which I don't. I do not support, uh, you know, standing out in the middle of the road. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and bl- blocking pedestrian traffic, these are tough things. But what happened today is these folks' ranks swelled. Swelled by thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people. The uh, the overhead views were uh, impressive. I wow. understand. I've been watching the live stream over at uh, Global Revolution, livestream dot com slash Global Revolution, and there are a lot of people. And as I understand, some of the major unions across the country have uh, voted unanimously to uh, you know to back these wow. protesters. Yeah, and um. What what's occurring right now is an honest to God populist revolution appears to be beginning in New York City. If this thing can take hold in New York City and I'm you know, I don't know whether I'm voting for this to happen or not, but I think it's very interesting. Well, you can't really vote for it. I mean, it's just (laughs) you can uh, give it your moral support. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um, For it. And that's kind of what I mean by uh, voting, rooting for it. If if this um, if this takes hold in New York, it, it probably will take hold elsewhere. And what they were trying to do was sort of uh, you know imitate the Tahir Square kind of thing in yep. in Egypt. I and, heard many people say that who were there, and appear uh, they appear to have uh, pulled that off uh, and more quickly. Uh, just at this point, you know, there's there there have been protests and sort of uh, revolts. I, I don't I don't like that term because a revolt sounds so very violent, and this is not a violent situation. Well, except on the part of the police. Uh, you know, I've and, heard that the protesters have been so peaceful and. It, has, all the violence has been on the part of uh, the NYPD. So there's some tough aspects to this that, um, you know, to when folks get out in the middle of the road, it seems oh, what are the cops going to do? 
Well, they may be getting out in the middle. Just to play devil's advocate here, Mark, I probably it may not be something I would do myself to stand in the middle of the road and block traffic. But do those people deserve to have violence enacted on them because they're standing in the road? And the well, um, do do I think they deserve to have? They need to be removed. And if they can't, if they're not going to be, if there's a bunch of them, how's one guy going to remove them? And I, you know, I I wonder uh, if if somebody's standing out in the middle of the road and appears to be a recalcitrant road stander, do you arrest them as a police officer? And I think that that's well, a reasonable part of their job. I think that they should do it as gently as possible. But if the protesters are going to say, you know, um, sit down, do, you know, sit down and not cooperate, what do you do as one guy? I mean, you're probably going to have to drag them. And well, but as I understand, they've been doing a lot more than dragging them. I mean, actually, I saw a video where police were corralling a bu- groups of protesters and just macing all macing, of them yeah. at the same time. And there's been baton hits and all right. kinds of other and, things and like this that. This is a, sort of the deterrent aspect. And I don't think that that is a role for a police officer as a deterrent. I well, think they don't that, know how to handle this. I mean, they, they're yeah. clearly not in like, control of the situation. If this is a revolution, they work for the other side. Right. And if our they revolution the status quo. if our revolution is going to be, we're going to stand in the road and then mace is going to be used on the other side. Hallelujah. There aren't any bullets flying. Um, that's, you know, so I, I can kind of get it from that aspect. I'm I'm never going to stand here and support standing in the middle of the road because people, you know, roads are built for cars to go on, not for people to stand in the middle of. But Well, and a lot of the people who are on the roads aren't responsible for perpetrating the things that the protesters are protesting, right? The, the, um, so uh, the people driving in the cars, um, that much is true. Mm-hmm. What seems to be interesting here is it looks like I can't really tell um, entirely. I don't know that much about the Brooklyn Bridge, but the protesters took the Brooklyn Bridge. That there was a big be, thing that happened today. Yeah, yeah, there may be a walking at side of the Brooklyn Bridge that seemed to be rather large. It looked like there was a broken line, but there were so many people, I don't know. But it looked like there was a broken line in the middle of it, which says to me that's a driving side. Yeah. But So maybe the protesters occupied one of the driving sides of the Brooklyn Bridge, because I definitely saw the other side of the bridge had cars going by, zipping, zipping past. So some... Mm. Traffic is going on the Brooklyn Bridge, but what appears to have happened, the cops then hem them in on either side. You know, there's a you know, strategically valuable uh, you know, thing like a bridge. The cops hem them in on either side, and then they go and begin doing mass arrests, bringing in buses and taking people away and things like that. Among these people appear to be journalists. Now, I'm of the opinion anybody with a blog is a journalist. As far as I'm concerned, if you've got a video camera, whether it's on your cell phone or whatever it is, and you've got a Facebook page, you are a journalist. And as far as I'm concerned, you're protected by the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. I think that people understand in their minds that there's kind of the big journalists and the little journalists, though. I mean, some people would say the little journalists don't count. But, you know, in, in one case, they've arrested a New York Times reporter. Yep. I mean, so I don't know that the reporters reporters out there protesting, I would suspect not. Reporters aren't supposed to do that. Right. But nowadays it's an occupational hazard if you're a journalist getting arrested. And so um, if pardon me if I assume that the cops have uh, been heavy handed with journalists because, in fact, that's what seems to be happening all over the country go um, you know google photography is not a crime and you will find out that cops think that photography is a crime yes Um, and they try to suppress footage which is actually tampering with evidence so i mean you know what who's the criminal here the folks that are taking to the streets demanding change of some sort or the people that do not want to be videotaped doing their jobs their jobs as public servants working on the for public dollars in public property now you know i 
I, I understand they've got to do their job. I get arresting people who are standing in the middle of in the middle of the road. I get it. I'm not. You know, I, I, I'm not going to take sides in that particular issue. I am going to take sides when you're sweeping up journalists and you're attempting to quash any kind of reporting and, uh, you know, you're going after people with cameras, yeah. that kind of thing. That's a real problem for me because if America doesn't know what's going on, and, and frankly, the, uh, the what there's, I, I saw 17,000 viewers on the, just the live wow. stream, and, yeah. and the live stream doesn't even provide you with much. Yep, I mean, it's yep. just, it just flashes of people and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I don't know how many people are following this. They're, they're picking up the tidbits that there are to follow this story, but this story is, could be the biggest story of our lifetimes. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it there, certainly seems like it's, taking off it's snowballing and getting bigger and bigger and what it makes me think of is this particular um uh, this poll that i read today um which is do you think the federal government poses an immediate threat to the rights and freedoms of ordinary citizens or not 49 percent a historic high 49 percent of americans believe that the federal government poses an immediate threat to rights and freedoms of ordinary citizens Wow. If you disagree, if you're in the 50%, because there's 1% is, I don't know. <laughs> um, if you're in the 50% and you do not believe that the government poses an immediate threat to rights and freedoms, who does? Who poses an immediate threat? Because to me, governments generally are the ones that stand in the way of freedom. Free Talk Live, 855-450. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. It's a SACL toll free call in line eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in and comment on what we're talking about or anything. Um, you know, that's what Free Talk Live's about. It is an open lines show where you can call in and talk about whatever it is that you wish to talk about. We also have a website where you can, well, you can link to and post whatever you want to link to and post. It's freetalklive.com. We have, uh, you know, it's, it's an interactive website where you can look at other things people have posted. Uh, you can vote them up, vote them down. The most popular ones are at the top. It's freetalklive.com. We also have uh, many different ways of listening to Free Talk Live. Not only are we on 100 great radio stations across the country, we've got live streams on the Internet. If you uh, go outside of the, the purview of the radio stations uh, at freetalklive.com, we also have satellite listening options, free-to-air, XM, webcam, at cam.freetalklive.com, where you can see what we're doing in the studio, and listen lines. You can actually uh, listen to us on the telephone. It's listen.freetalklive.com to get all the information. So this event that's going on in New York City is, um, you know, there, there appear to be thousands of people um, that have taken to the streets. Um, they are demanding change of some sort or another. There seem to be different f- types of folks demanding different types of 
change. Stephanie, have you heard any uh, different sort of demands for change from these folks? Yeah, I've heard everything from liberty-oriented messages like end the wars and police brutality and the Fed, that kind of thing, to things like uh, that are kind of more left-leaning, like, you know, greedy capitalism and bankers and things like that. And, you know, I think it's there is a common thread running through it. And it's like, well, why does why do some people, why do big banks get bailouts and uh, people, ordinary people are pretty much taxed very heavily and have a hard time making it? And uh, I sympathize with that. The, um, the, 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 it seems to be a, a mix of sort of a libertarian and leftist philosophies out there. Uh, between folks, folks that are you know sort of activists and folks that appear to be just nuts, <laughs> you know. Um, this what would define someone who seems to be nuts? Well, uh, I, I, I don't know. I know him when I see him. <laughs> you know, you know him when you see him. It's like porn, right? The Supreme Court judge. <laughs> I don't know if it was the Supreme Court. I think it was a um, an appellate court judge that had, had that great quote. Oh, porn is whatever. I know porn when I see it, or something like that. And um, you know, the it, there there appears to be be something really going on um there's a, a lot of people doing a lot of uh, marching and and demanding of change and i think most americans would want some kind of change or another certainly most americans won't take to the streets but there appears to be a lot of support for these folks uh, some major unions have uh, voted to unanimously to support the the activists in in New York in the uh, yep. the occupy wall street and unions historically very left leaning they tend to be sort of the uh, the worker populist kind of uh, kind of folks brand of left yeah liberalism yeah and um at the same time you've got uh, you know uh, different libertarian organizations backing these folks and there are different ones going on across america and this is the first day that this has really, it seems to me, kicked off. Uh, previously, did, it's been yeah. hundreds. Now it's appeared to be thousands. Well, actually, I, I have heard, actually, last weekend when I was hosting Free Talk Live, we had a, someone call in from the front lines who was actually there at the protest. And she said that the first day it took place two weeks ago today, there were approximately 2,000 people there, but the media was reporting it was only a few hundred. And so I think they do kind of skew the numbers when the mainstream media reports on these things. But there's no denying with the live streaming video footage today that there were several thousand people there, right? I've heard that um, even there's a couple of, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be people in the military that support this. And some um, Marines and dress Uniforms were supposed to be going out there to support the, huh. the you know, I mean, a couple of dozen or something like that was the impression that I got. Yep. But it's very, very interesting. So well, you have, see, I would think that if, if military people came out in their uniforms, uh, some might have trouble distinguishing them from the cops because the cops in this country are becoming way more militarized as time goes on. If you're in your dress blues, though, that's yeah, not that's gonna, different. You're yeah, right. You're it's, right. It's going to be an entirely, entirely different. And um, especially the, the Marines uniform is just so much different than mm-hmm. a, a police uniform. I guess the, the hat looks somewhat, somewhat similar. And maybe if somebody's uh, uninitiated, they might not know the difference. But I find this, you know, in some ways frightening, in some ways heartening. I, uh, it seems like historically revolutions are messy things. And, you know, one can use the term revolution, one can use the term evolution. I'm not sure. You can pick your favorite. Um, I do, would, I do believe that the human race is evolving. Um, you know, that, that we're getting less and less violent towards each other. 
I hope that's the case. Yeah. I think it's clear and obvious that the government is a um, is an organization of monopolized violence. I have even got a Barack Obama quote of him saying exactly that. Yep. Um, you know, <laughs> it's a monopoly on force. It's a monopoly I've on heard force. That many times. That's yeah. exactly what it is. I mean, that's what the government claims for itself is a monopoly on force. They may allow um, you know, licensing of that force out to other organizations, but that's what a government is. And furthermore, you cannot choose to opt out, right? If you don't agree with some of the things that they're doing and you would like to not pay for them in the form of taxes, that's not an option. I mean, and one thing I was thinking of today is, of, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm reading a book, uh, it's called Conceived in Liberty, mm-hmm. and it's by Murray Rothbard, and it talks about sort of historic, the, the history of the United States, um, written from a, a perspective of interest in liberty. Mm-hmm. The... It, you know, a few hundred years ago, it was completely and entirely acceptable to beat your employees or your servants or your children or your wife, um, whomever you wanted to. You could just pick up a stick and beat them. The reason I was thinking about this is because my son was having a bad day. Um, he was uh, you know, crying. Well, not a bad day, a bad moment, I guess. Uh, but he was crying and oh, I didn't Jack. know what to do. You know, he's three and a half years old. And yeah. I, you know, I didn't know what to do to stop him. And what flashed through my mind was this story about um, how this uh, this mistress, this uh, woman who, um, you know, the, the mistress of the house decided to beat one of the slaves crying babies because it was crying uh-huh. as if this would work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like what a terrible idea <laughs> for dealing with a crying baby is to beat a crying baby as if it's going to stop it. This is an infant. This isn't a three year old child. I, you know, I mean, I've I've never seen anything tougher than a three-year-old boy. He just uh, seems to be able to handle all kinds, runs his head into things and just doesn't care. Um, but, you know, an infant, you know, to the idea of beating it and, and that um, you well, know, being if you effective. Well, if you were crying and you were upset, would you like to be beaten? I don't think <laughs> right? that would it's, be it's, too effective. No, no but, um, you know, when I, I, when I cry, I don't cry loudly if I cry at all. So, um, Anyway, the Free Talk Live is a show about your calls. Let's go to Francisco calling from Colorado. Francisco? Francisco, can you hear me now? I can. Can you hear me? Yes. What's on your mind? All right. Well, uh, I just wanted to bring up a discussion that I had a, in class. I'm going to college. I'm a college student. And uh, we actually just got into a discussion regarding the drug war. Uh, the drug war? Is that what you said? Yeah, the drug war. Okay. Yeah, sorry if you guys can't hear me well. But uh, that actually led to a discussion with a couple of my classmates that left me a little bit shocked because I didn't think people really thought this way. But uh, Shocking progress- revelations from college students. Francisco, hold the line. You can call in about whatever you want, uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Eight fifty five, four fifty three. That is the 
toll-free line you must call if you wish to be on the air here on Free Talk Live, our live Saturday edition with Mark and Stephanie. 855-450-3733. That is brought to you by SACL CAI. And are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. And you know they're not good for your health. In fact, they could kill you. There's a healthier option, a lot healthier, 22,000 times healthier by one metric. It's the e-cigarette, specifically the one made by Vaporsmiths because it's well, it's really well made as opposed to one of those chintzy ones that you might get elsewhere. It's Vaporsmiths.com. You'll begin saving money immediately. The average smoker will save about $120 a month. Obviously, there's all the other problems with smoking, smelling bad, secondhand smoke, all that stuff. And you can get a free starter kit. You can get one of the best made e-cigarettes on the market today for free by just buying 40 cartomizers. Those little things that contain the nicotine at Vaporsmiths.com. You'll get free shipping because the order is over 60 bucks. All orders over 60 bucks get free shipping. And all you have to do is go to Vaporsmiths.com or call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. You can get the same deal, the same free starter kit and free shipping by calling 855-2-GET-VAPOR. And it's Vaporsmiths.com. Let's go back to Francisco in Colorado. Shocking revelations from a college class. All righty. Hey, guys. What's going on? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was just mentioning that uh, I was in a class, and we were having a discussion that was started by bringing up the drug war. And uh, during that discussion, I had brought up some of the terrible mistakes that have been made during the drug war, which caused people, completely innocent people, who don't even smoke any kind of drugs, marijuana, or take any kind of drugs, uh, you know, that's cost the lives of these people. Yeah, uh, it's so up, often uh, that they, the police will get the wrong address on warrants when they do raids, and people think it's a home invader. They don't know. Just the very fact that there is a war on drugs, even if the cops were 100% perfect, it drives up the price of something. If you drive up the yes. price of something addictive, people will do amazing things to get it. Mm-hmm. You don't see anybody breaking into houses to get cigarettes. You do, however, see people breaking into houses to get money to, you know, to, to, to steal things and, and hurt people in order to get crack or uh, meth or whatever it is they do. So, yeah. Every day, your family is put in the crosshairs of desperate people because of the war on drugs. Go on, Francisco. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. And Stephanie, that's actually something I brought up. I brought up an example that I believe Free Talk Live discussed a few, maybe years back, Mm -hmm. where a uh, SWAT raid had failed to announce that they were police, broke into a home, and an older lady decided to defend herself and, well, you know, she was shot to death. Ah, yep. uh, yes. Was know? this uh, Catherine Johnston in uh, Alabama? As far as I thought, it was uh, Georgia. Okay, somewhere, yeah, around there. Yeah, I, I believe so. She was like and, ninety-seven you know, years old, wasn't she? She was a rather old woman. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I was just making the point that you know the drug war causes these sort of things. It also, you know, makes it more difficult to people who are peaceful, who just want to, you know, enjoy their lives or. You know, just get high after work to enjoy their, you know, their time whenever they, whenever they have it, uh, doing whatever they please. So, were people and, callous uh, to this? Well, no, actually, there was, uh, you know, that's what I was happy about. One of the things was that, you know, a lot of uh, my classmates agreed with me. You know, we should completely end the drug war, not just on marijuana, mm. but on all drugs. I was really happy about that. Wow. But uh, one of my classmates actually shocked me with what he brought up. He made the comparison that the police killing innocent people is the same as big companies who hire other companies to produce goods and factories 
where people have died. Um, okay, so um, it, this is the same as companies who hire other companies to produce goods in factories where people have died. Okay? Exactly. Like an example he used where, 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 where Apple hired a company called Foxconn to make goods in their factories, and some of the people there, you know, were committing suicide. They felt that perhaps work conditions weren't good enough, and, you know, they just they didn't see another escape other than commit suicide. Um, and, and he mentioned that companies doing this sort of thing or even uh, striking business deals where they buy one certain product over another is the same as police killing innocent people. Well, I'd say that um, you know people have the option of opting out of working for a company. Uh, in most cases, I'm sure I know there are cases where companies, uh, you know, have in foreign countries will essentially use people as slave or labor. They can't leave and that kind of thing. And they have very few options aside from working that from that company. Well, you know, maybe they're subsistence farmers. Whatever or someone's option is is mm-hmm. their problem, not my problem. But um, well, <laughs> we you know we don't want to sound uncompassionate. I, I certainly sympathize with them, but I but it's but if it they is have true. The, if they have the right to leave, then you're talking about an entirely different situation. Situation from cops breaking into people's houses yeah, and killing the them. There thing. is no option there. Um, now, I may or may not consider it to be a um, you know an unacceptable business practice, and I may choose not to buy those things. For instance, um, you know, recently a few years ago, a decade or so, they started the dolphin free tuna fish. Yes, this wasn't mandated by anybody. This was just demand from the marketplace, mm-hmm. and. I don't know anybody who's going to, uh, you know, say that they want dolphins to die for them to get a, you know, fifty-nine cent can of tuna fish or whatever right. tuna fish costs. It probably costs a buck. Um, you can tell I don't pay attention when we go to the grocery store. <laughs> and so this was something that the marketplace came up with on its own. Now I think there may be some government regulations involved now, but the government got in front of that parade. They did not create it. Exactly the same with the trans fats. You know. People were demanding trans fat free foods when evidence came out that trans fats were supposed to be bad for yep. your heart. The government was still telling you that margarine was better than butter at that point. Yeah. Francisco, thank you for, for sharing that story. You can give us a call at 855 450 3733. Let's go to Bob in New York. Bob? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Can, okay. Am I clear? You're clear, yes. Okay. What's on your mind? As I told your screener, I want to talk about the government running a dating service which would enable us... Terrible idea. A very good idea, because uh, that's the role of the government, to be a, to uh, be the specific place where people can get the knowledge, get knowledge and not be in chaos. At what point has government ever <laughs> been a place where people have gotten knowledge? I told you that about a year ago, the first two governments of the nation of Israel were uh, ran a dating service. Okay, so you so, have but, found one uh, Bob, example of a dating service? <laughs> I want to ask Bob a question, Bob. Uh, so yeah. y- y- I thought you were being facetious when you called in and said that you supported a government dating service. But w- what do you think um, is wrong with the gur- the dating services that currently exist that are not part well, of any government? What's ro- I'll tell you what's wrong is that two out of three girls and two out of three boys lose their virginity to someone they will never marry and never want to marry. That's what's wrong with it. it it's expensive. And so it you, takes have, a, you have a problem with long. premarital sex? Don't you think that that might happen outside of, in the absence? Did you think that was happening before the Internet existed and there were dating sites out there? How do you have premarital sex when you have no way to choose who you want to have sex premarital? That's at all. Well, how, <laughs> if the government's telling you um, whom, whom no, you're going to date, then if it's a government, say, not, if it's a government, essentially they'll be handing down who your matches are. No, they wouldn't. 
They, they could, wouldn't. Um, no, oh, they I see. So. You're going to set up a government program that you that is going to get implemented in the. It'll be the first government program ever that gets implemented in the way that the person who wanted it implemented actually <laughs> let, wanted it to happen. Let but, me let me explain how it'll work. There'll be a large computer. Come on, which, Bob. There are plenty of dating services out there. Why do and you they need? They don't work. They, they don't work, work fine. There are all kinds so of Bob, happy no, people. Bob, they, what they cost. They cost six hundred dollars a if year. Now, wait. Expensive now. Wait until the Bob, government. God, I mean, there's organization more on anything. Talk with you. It'll cost twenty dollars per person for your entire lifetime. But if the government runs it, how and often? You'll what? How often would you pay this twenty dollars? For your lifetime, once, Mark. Once in your entire lifetime. You know, when, Bob, I, I, I want to ask Bob another question. Hold on. Bob, have you been frustrated because you're having trouble meeting to someone to date? Is that what this is about? Yes, I have, and so have many of my friends. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that there might be a way to solve that problem without using the government? Because I, I think I don't really want to be forced to pay for a dating service that the government provides because I don't think that's something I would use. Well, why would you want a, a private enterprise uh, running running things when you there could be Muslims running them. You don't know who the hell these people are. Who are I running don't. I don't have any problem with Muslims, Bob. Muslims that live happy married lives. Thanks for the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. Let's see. It's Free Talk Live. Really. <laughs> <laughs> the Ruger LC nine compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC nine is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line here on the live Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL can handle handle it for you. They'll do it in a way that, well, frankly, many collections companies don't do. They treat your customers with respect. You can uh, find SACL CAI by going to freetalklive.com, checking out their banners, the top one on the right-hand side of the page. They're big supporters of Free Talk Live, have been for a very long time, and we do appreciate them. Jason Osborne, the principal over there, it's SACL CAI. Let's go to our normal first chair host, Ian Freeman, who is currently residing in the Cheshire County Jail. But not for much longer. Well, hopefully. Um, he has, hopefully uh, not. He has uh, been uh, detained or uh, sentenced for His standing. freedom was stolen. Yeah, his <laughs> freedom, what whatever, for standing in front of a police car uh, that uh, was taking a young woman to jail whom he felt was being taken unjustly. And we are on day 53 of the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up. Yeah, good evening. Uh, I've called to uh, verbally chastise you uh, on the air for hanging up on, uh, was it Bob that had called about the government dating service? Yeah. Well, I mean, you didn't hang up on him, but you ended the call, and I felt like he didn't have a chance to explain himself. You jumped all over him, Mark, and uh, you you have a tendency to do that sometimes. Um, And I thought Stephanie had some really good questions, and he wanted to explain his his plan, uh, and and we didn't get a chance to hear what it was. So I'd like to to have you waive the one-call-per-night rule uh, for Bob in case he feels like calling back in and give him a a chance to, to explain what his plan is. I'm very interested to hear 
how he thinks the government uh, could run a better dating service than the plethora of uh, dating services that can be found online. And he mentioned that uh, they cost $600 a year. I don't know what services he's looking at. Some are free. Some some cost that much. Some are free. Many are free. Some of them are completely free, and they're good, like OkCupid.com, a very professional-looking site that is completely free. Yeah, and it has this matching algorithm that, you know, it's a pretty complex one. (laughs) (laughs) Provided by the government. (laughs) Maybe the guy's right. Maybe this one example of an iron... Is that true, Mark? It was OkCupid's matching algorithm had something to do with DARPA? I believe that's correct. Um, you can uh, I've never look heard it up on before. the interwebs. Um, the uh, yeah, this one guy's uh, example of uh, some Iron Age government that did uh, you know some some kind of forced marriage program um, for its uh, citizens is probably the, the just the greatest idea in the world. So I don't know. I mean, uh, clearly he's frustrated, as uh, Stephanie had tagged, uh, frustrated with you know an, uh, perhaps a, uh, a level of non-success with uh, with meeting people through the existing services. But that may have less to do with the services and uh, you know how they're organized, and more to do with Bob and his ability to uh, to communicate with you know members of the opposite or same sex. Uh, not sure what his preference is. Well, but, I think he uh, Ian he expressed. Um, a couple of things where you know if i were if i were giving him pointers on maybe how to attract a mate i would suggest you know racism is probably not a good way to do it right perhaps and, uh, an authoritarian demeanor where uh, one yeah. decides that um, you know maybe the government should be in in another area of life uh, just indicates to me the the idea that um, you know he knows best and uh, you know who wants to hang out with the know-it-alls well i find it much more attractive when mates are into freedom <laughs> Did he allude to racism? I might have missed that part. Well, what he, he said, said he was said that Muslims could be running the dating yes. services. Oh, gotcha. Yep. It's certainly bigoted. I'm not sure if that's a racist statement. Okay, well, I'm Muslim not sure the difference religion. between those two things. Yeah. Well, there's some collectivism going on there for sure. But uh, oh, definitely. He he also said some, something else. What did he say? Um, I can't remember it now, but, uh, you know, he had another interesting statement that I wanted to follow up on. Oh, yeah, premarital sex. He had some problem with uh, people having right. sex yeah, I mean, before he was marriage. All over the map. Yeah, yeah. But that's one of the questions I wanted to find out more about was, like, why it is that uh, Match.com or OkCupid or, you know, one of these uh, online services would be contributing to premarital sex, but the government service that he envisions wouldn't. Yeah, uh, these people could just use this service any way they want. The government would just uh, if after after three dates you're shut down. You got <laughs> you got three dates and to you better decide pick if your, you want to get married. You better pick your your marriage partner. <laughs> well, well, you know, actually, there was a couple of years back. I remember that somebody actually sued the website eHarmony, which is a big dating website. Yeah, uh, somebody, yeah. I, I believe it was a guy in New Jersey, sued eHarmony because they were not offering their matching algorithm. Their, they weren't offering their services to gay couples. They they were only offering it for right. heterosexual couples. And I believe eventually the lawsuit got shut down by one of the courts. But, I mean, that the, seems to... I thought that the uh, the court ordered them to provide that service, and now they've launched a gay website. Like, that's, it's not on eHarmony, but oh. they've created a completely separate site. I don't know that I... I don't know that I... Uh, I haven't heard that at all. For one, it makes no sense at all to me. It's like going to a Chinese restaurant and demanding that they serve you a hamburger. Exactly. I'm not telling you. That, that might be worth looking into, because I recall... I'm pretty sure I recall hearing that the government ruled that they had to offer that. Hmm. Well, what do, you, what do you know? Your, your mind's uh, addled by all that prison food. That's not very nice, <laughs> you know Mark. Don't don't trash.
trash it. Don't knock it till you've tried it, man. The, the, the I've tried plenty is, of prison uh, food, my friend. Close to gourmet in some instances. What's that? The food here is close to gourmet in some cases. Gourmet? You wouldn't know gourmet. Gour- <laughs> you wouldn't know gourmet from gourmet, my friend. You wow. don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> God. But uh, anyway, Bob, please please wave the rule for Bob and let him call back in and give some details on his his, pl- his grand plan. Sure, Mark, you're right that you know he's not going to be the one that's going to implement it, but that doesn't mean it won't be interesting. Uh, anyway, guys, thanks for uh, doing a great show. Well, Ian, before you go, one more thing: you were mm-hmm. actually right about the eHarmony thing. I just did a quick little bit of research. So, mm-hmm. as a result, this article here says as a result of a 2008 settlement with the state of New Jersey. So it was actually the state that sued eHarmony. Uh, which mm. sued the company for discrimination. Men and women seeking same-sex matches will were redistrib- sorry, redirected from eHarmony to an affiliate website, CompatiblePartners.net. So they not only provided another website, but they also you know settled this lawsuit. So you were right, Ian. Thank you. Yep. And, and the reason, I think, for uh, that they weren't doing that was because the founder of that company, as I understand it, is a very you know, fundamentalist Christian kind of guy and Correct. has a problem with, uh, with gay people. So right. he was literally forced to, by the courts, uh, to operate a, a business that uh, is in direct conflict with his belief system, which I think to, you know is, is a violation Crazy. of his second uh, First Amendment rights, uh, freedom of religion. I don't think that he should have to provide those services. I'm not saying that I don't think that uh, gay people should be able to date or marry or whatever. I'm just saying right. that a person shouldn't be forced to provide a service that they don't want to want to provide, and that well, just and doesn't make absolutely. any sense to me. If you were looking but that's for the country we live in. Yeah, exactly. If you were looking for a same-sex partner, ask yourself, would you want to patronize someone's business who had a problem with your existence? Right, I wonder how it's yeah, doing. exactly. Yeah. I wonder how his business model's doing. It's probably losing money because gay people don't want to go there. I, I would I, I would hope so. I worked at a radio station that carried Dr. Laura, and I can tell you that uh, the gay people that I talked to did not want to be on her show. Yeah. They hated the idea of yep. being on her show because they felt that uh, she was uh, discriminatory and bigoted towards them. And, and, you know, why in the world would they want to give their money to her or, you know, that kind of thing. So there you go. Uh, Ian, uh, are you done? Toodles. Okay, back to your uh, gourmet baloney <laughs> sandwiches. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Let's go to Colin in Oregon, who's been waiting patiently. Colin. Hi, uh, who am I speaking with tonight? This is, this is Mark and, and Stephanie. Stephanie. Oh, okay, sorry. I haven't been listening live. I was listening to the podcast from last night, actually. Uh, it's too bad Michelle's not on there tonight. We could talk about rural Oregon. I know you appreciated that last night, Mark. Yeah, it's riveting stuff. Let's talk about some other. Let's talk about some other little place in America. Uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not America. Uh, I actually called to talk about Israel. Okay. Um, you had that caller last night. I I don't think he made a very good case, but he brought up something that I've noticed a few times when you've been speaking about Israel and people who are living there. Um, and I think you have a valid point about you know we can't necessarily go back and uh, try and parse out that land again when people are already living on it, but you never seem to really talk about the settlers and the new settlements there that are very recent, and I'm no expert, but from what I understand, these settlements have really cut a lot of Palestinian farmland in half. Yeah. These Palestinian farmers can't get to the, the land that they have genuinely been using. As I, as I understand it, too, that there's a, an aggressive settlement program going on. Yeah. Uh, they'll do it at different times, and apparently Netanyahu wants to uh, to do another one here in the relatively near future. Right, right. And I just feel like maybe, obviously you understand that, but maybe people aren't getting that perspective, because I don't think that you can say that those people have a genuine right to be there when they're actually, I think, 
you could make a strong argument that they're actually currently using aggression to be there. There's also the walls that they've built and all of the security checkpoints and, and the really police state that they've set up in the name of keeping security in those settlements. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, who's committing the aggression there? Is it the Israeli government? Is it the settlers? I mean, the settlers are certainly directly benefiting, but as I understand, the settlers have been uh, you know using aggression on their own in certain circumstances. I think right. that um, that a stolen item. If if you know if somehow or another I end up with a, an item that was stolen at some point, it's not my obligation to give that item back to the individual. It is the obligation of the thief to make that individual whole. Um, Colin, why don't you hold the the line here? If you got something more, eight fifty five four fifty free. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems. Starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications. Living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators. Any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. freetalklivesolar.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live is an interactive show. We've got an interactive website. Go there. Check out freetalklive.com. You can post link to stories and blog posts and whatever you'd like. People can vote up your submissions, vote them down. You can do the same. Also, we've got archives going back for five years for free at freetalklive.com. What other commercial radio program does that for you? I don't think there are any. Archives going back for five years at archives.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to, oh, by the way, it's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Let's go back to Colin in Oregon. Colin. Hi, Mark. Um, the other thing that I kind of thought of when you brought up that analogy of if you somehow received stolen property, is it really your responsibility to get it back to that person or to make reparations? Is that kind of what you're saying? I would I would contend that just about everybody that's listening to my voice has some kind of stolen property. Whether, um, you know, I mean, much of the gold that exists now has existed for thousands of years above ground. And it has been melted down, turned into other things. Um, that gold has been stolen in many different ways, shape. Um, Not to and, mention land. I mean, we actually yep. discussed this last Saturday that so much of the land in the U.S. was taken from Native Americans, right, who were on it first. And I think uh, another thing that we have to consider in this situation is, is there a victim around to restitute, basically? So, Colin? Well, I think that, I think that there probably is a victim around to restitute in a lot of these situations. Like I said, I'm not an expert, and I've never been on the ground over there. In and Israel? The other thing I would ask you, yeah, in Israel or in the West Bank, which is where the settlements are. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The other thing, the thing I would ask you about that analogy is, what if at the time that you received that property, 
you knew that it was stolen, and also you knew that the person that stole it was going to have to keep on using aggression to make sure that you kept that property. Yeah, I think that that makes you a party to it um, in, yeah. in a certain way, and I, yeah. I you know, that, that that's the point that I, I would absolutely agree that the settlers are uh, party to the aggression well, in some, know. in many cases over there in Israel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't have any solutions, you know, other than if we could somehow get someone like Ron Paul elected who's not going to steal money from us and give it to the government of Israel. Right. I don't think there's any easy – if there were easy answers to what's going on in, in Israel, then, um, you know, they, they would be out there already. They would have done them. I think the easiest um, and most just answer is the United States government has no right and no place taking its taxpayers' money and giving them to any nation. Whether it's Israel or uh, Pakistan or whatever nation, the United States government has no place doing that. If people want to donate to governments, um, the most inefficient organizations the world has ever seen, they can do that. Or they can donate to different ag- um, you know, NGOs, non-governmental agencies working inside in- – organizations, excuse me, working inside countries. Yeah. Colin, thank you for the call. Well, and let's not forget one more thing to add. You know, when the Jews were being persecuted in World War II in Germany and they were trying to flee the country to get away from the Nazis, a lot of other countries had the opportunity to let them immigrate, right, like the United States, but they often turned them away. And so it was like, where were they supposed to go? We don't want those Jews here. There was a lot of uh, anti-Semitic feelings going on prior to World War II and in the United States and the Western world in general. And frankly, Israel was created because of those feelings. I mean, the Nazis' plan prior to World War II was to move the Jews to Madagascar. The, oh, isn't that par- what Scott the Bigot advocates th- that was now? The, um, well, yes. I mean, he just he just read it someplace. And he is a chronic caller to Free but, Talk Live. That's just for our listeners who aren't familiar. Essentially, this is what the Western powers did after World War II anyway with the creation of the State of Israel. So let's go to Shadow in Huntsville. Okay, I'm here. What's going on? What's on your mind? Oh, uh, well, uh, I was uh, called uh, John Banner's office. They left a message on the machine uh, concerning Obama's the, assassination. The, the chief of the House or whatever they call it, Speaker of the House? Yeah, Speaker of the House, yeah, on his machine. I called a number a lot uh, sure, about the sure Obama the assassination thing. And what I did is I, I said uh, that uh, killing the American citizens like that, I said, uh, these guys well, weren't doing anything wrong, mind their own business. I said, we can't have this. Obama almost thinks he's above the ball now. I said, if we let this go, then Obama's going to get out there like one of those African presidents, Idi Amin or Zimbabwe guy, Robert Mugabe, and just start killing anybody that, he dis- that disagrees with him. I mean, he, he can. I'm sorry, could, Shadow, can you provide some background? Because I'm not real clear on what, what you're referring to. This recently, you know, those guys down in, what was it, Yemen? Yeah, the, the the Anwar Al Wiki fella, um, United States yeah, citizen, and, and, or uh, it's certainly a U.S. born individual. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it seems ent- entirely un. It's not entirely clear as to whether or not he has uh, successfully renounced his, his he, he whether he successfully renounced his citizenship or not. But um, I, I imagine once the Obama, uh, a couple of years ago when this came down that they were attempting to assassinate the guy, um, that he probably was not getting rid of his uh, U.S. citizenship at that point. Yeah, the Fox News said there was another American was with him that got killed, too. So yeah. I know a lot of other talk show people out here, they're getting pretty nervous about this because they're saying, look, man, if Obama can, after a while, he just start killing anybody, including talk show people, host, everything else. If anybody <laughs> disagrees with him, don't knock him off. So I'm calling all my senators Monday and my and Ron Paul's office, plus my own congressman. I'm giving them a newspaper right here, too, and telling them that we need to get a... a uh, up cried right here across this country and call for Obama's arrest 
you know, Brown Leach involved this. He's committed treason now and then. He's a mass murderer and a war criminal anyway. This little act he did right here, this was premeditated capital murder, and I don't care who he is, what color the skin is or anything else, you break the law, you're supposed to get punished for it. we got to take him down now, or, man, he, there's going to be no controlling him if he gets reelected. Shadow, thank you for the call, 855-450-3733. Ron Paul called this uh, situation an assassination, and I think that that's, uh, that's what it amounts to. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you're taking a U.S. citizen, not on U.S. soil. You know, it, everybody, frankly, in my opinion, deserves a trial at the very least before yeah. they get some kind of punishment. Definitely. But to just kill them beforehand. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's it's the what it makes the assumption is, is that a the government's telling the truth. That it's never mistaken that the uh, the media has done a good job of uh, ferreting this stuff out. That in fact that we're being told the truth across the board. I don't think we are. I think we're being told lies uh, day in and day out. It is scary to have the government capable of that kind of power, and nobody really questions whether it's okay or not. Let's go to Todd in Michigan. Todd. Hey, Mark and Stephanie. How's it going? I haven't talked to you in a while, Mark. It's. Uh... <laughs> I'm sure you're uh, enjoying your time uh, taking over Free Talk Live while Ian's uh, languishing in, in that uh, cell. I find it stressful uh, and hectic. But, What's uh, on your mind, Todd? Um, yeah, I just want to talk to you about Bill Maher, host of Real Time, who uh, actually he and his panel and his boobsoisee for audience members actually cheered on, yeah, it's great that, uh, that Obama, you know, took out this Anwar al Awlaki. And, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing yeah, unusual crowds cheering at uh, executions. I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the yeah. unique things about Free Talk Live is you won't find us ever really supporting an execution like this of, of any kind, no matter who it is. You know, it's we didn't support... Well, you know, Osama bin Laden's yeah. death, either, you yep. know. Right. Well, he had Salman Rushdie as one of the panels on his show. Well, he's, he goes, Well, pretty much the reason we had to uh, kill this man was because he committed treason. If you're one, um, one of those people who commits treason and if, you, and, and if you're giving aid and support to the, and, and, and comfort to the enemy and you're going against your country, you deserve the death penalty. Well, uh, he may or may not have deserved the death penalty, and treason does hold the death penalty. That's no doubt about it. But uh, to, to claim that he is guilty before he has had a trial is contrary. To, it's it's un-American. It's contrary to what this uh, nation was founded upon. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> who do these people think they are? Just you know, saying that somebody's guilty before they've had a trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, and do they want n- that? Do they want well, that judgment passed down upon them? Not to mention that treason can have quite a broad definition, right? And so. Right. Well, tre- tre- the, 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 the term treason is very arbitrary, as far as I am, because um, what can be treasonous in one group's eyes could very well be tr- um, means completely different to a different group. And yeah. plus, on top of that, you've also got a problem with um, with the consistency. I mean, if you're going to be arguing for the death penalty, at least argue it consistently. Just don't keep flip-flopping on the issue because it makes you... Because people can see right through that. Todd, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. Your opinion on Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. 
and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you and Stephanie. Live Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live. You can give us a call, participate in the conversation. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Sound Wisdom's SG1 solar-powered generating system can give you the basics in an emergency or be expanded to handle your whole house. This is what makes this solar power generating system so entirely different than every other generator that's available in the market. Usually when you buy a generator, you buy it for an emergency and you set it in a shed someplace and, you know, the gas goes bad and you've got to, you know, work on it before you can actually get it up when the power goes out and all that other stuff. You have to store gasoline in order to make it work or propane or whatever it is that you have to have. This Power, solar power generating system is working all the time. You take off uh, an item like a freezer, refrigerator, you take the freezer, the refrigerator, and say the well pump off. You put them on the, the generator system, and it is working all the time. You can go see this amazing system, uh, find out more. They'll actually, uh, they're, they're available to, for your telephone calls. They give free education. It's freetalklivesolar.com. So many of us need education on the topics of uh, solar because, like, you know, electricity just happens normally. <laughs> freetalklivesolar.com. They will educate you. Let's go to Mr. Nightmare in Washington. Mr. Nightmare. Mr. Nightmare going once. I feel like I'm having a bad Here dream. <laughs> this feels like a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my name with the CIA. Gotcha. Right. I'll take your word uh, for it. Well, you know, 16 years with them uh, doing special operations, black ops. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm still alive because I was able to analyze all the available data and... Um, you know, put it together and stay alive. So what did you want to share, Mr. Nightmare? Well, uh, I want to talk about Obama and his past. Okay. What about his in past? In his book. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's go slowly. I'll try to be uh, brief. Okay. In his book, uh, Dreams from My Father, he said that he arrived in New York uh, at the end of June, early July, penniless. So where did he get the money to fly to Pakistan in August of 1981? I don't know. I, I mean... will tell you that my first my first trip to Afghanistan uh, was in September of 1981, and I flew into Karachi Airport, and I was immediately turned away because they did not accept any American passport. Okay. So okay. what? What's uh, had, what are you getting at? And Mr. I had I have go, I had government documents that said you know I'm working for the U.S. government. Uh, you know, let me through, but they wouldn't let me through. Okay. All right. So, so is so, this the uh, Obama was born in a foreign land uh, conspiracy theory? No. Okay. No, this, I'm not a I'm not a birther. I'm not you know I mean forget that. Okay, All right. that's going to be dealt with by Issa and Grassley. Okay, forget that. 
Okay, so then he goes, he's in Pakistan for what he described was a week, but then he was gone for three weeks. So where did else, where else did he go? Okay, we, we'll leave that wherever it is, okay? But two years later, when he graduates from Columbia, he's looking to go to Harvard, and out of the blue, Sheikh Al-Mansur, who in 1995 was designated by the U.S. State Department as a terrorist financier, okay? Turns out he is one of the, the, the heaviest financiers of Muslim Brotherhood terrorism, okay? Uh, pays for Obama's education at Harvard. Okay, then... then I've never heard that before, there. but all right. But I mean, that's the truth, okay? You can check that out. Okay. I don't know that it matters. Uh, I mean, you know, can, can you maybe give us the uh, executive summary, Mr. Nightmare? Because I'm just not really sure what the ultimate uh, goal is or what you're getting at. Okay. What I wrote a paper back in 2009 that said, well, the question was the title is Obama a sleeper agent? And you think the answer button? is yes? Absolutely. Okay. Now it has come out. Okay in the last 10 days or two weeks, that the very first phone call to a head of state that Obama made once he was elected was to Mahmoud Abbas. Why didn't he, um, if he's a sleeper agent for the, the, the Muslims, um, then why didn't he uh, you know, approve this, uh, you know, why did he veto uh, the two-state solution for um, Palestine that just came, recently came up? Well, what recently I mean, came this out a, also wouldn't was this that been a really, no, no, let's it. answer the question before you He couldn't talk. do it before he was reelected. Why? I mean, plenty of Americans support a two-state solution. No, no, what he's saying, what he was saying to Abbas was, okay, I have to show that I'm supporting the Israelis so that I have the Jewish vote, okay, uh, up until the re-election. Okay. There, most Jews, done, most Jews on the ground in Israel support a two-state solution. Well, a two-state solution is good, okay, but based on 1967 borders, is not good. There's a way more important question here, and that is, uh, if Obama secretly is a Muslim agent, is he running the dating websites out there? <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I do appreciate no, the call. But, but if you, Thank if you for you the call. 855-450-3733. That was a reference to our earlier caller, for yeah. in case you're just tuning in. Someone and alleged that the Muslims are behind all the dating websites. Let's go to Patrick in Missouri. Patrick? How are you doing tonight? All's well. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just laughing about the, the other guy's uh, uh, comment about Obama being a, a agent for the Muslim Brotherhood, but... Uh, I had a comment about the uh, bombing of uh, Al Zahari or whatever, whatever the guy's name is. But uh, Al Wiki, yeah, Al Wiki. People consider him American citizen. I don't understand why, because his parents came from Yemen when, before he was born. Right, he was born in the U.S. until he was seven years old. All right, he went back to Yemen until it was time to go to college. So he comes back to the U.S., finishes college goes back to Yemen. So does that mean anyone could come here, be born, stay here for years, and go back to another country for, say, what, 20, 30, 40 years and still consider themselves an American citizen? Yes, it does. That's what the Constitution says. But if you look on your passport, 
on your passport. You I don't really one. care what the unelected bureaucrats uh, that run the government have to say. It seems to me that the Constitution is the highest law in the land. So therefore, if the Constitution says that you're born here, you're a citizen, the Constitution is right. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, to a point that until you, you de- until you decide somebody's not a con- not an American guys, guys let's look at look at what the okay. administration the Obama administration did to Bradley Manning who was a military member and was alleged to be the person who leaked the WikiLeaks yeah right he was a whistleblower in the military I mean Obama said made a public statement and said yeah oh yeah he's guilty Hillary Clinton did something like the same thing uh, before Bradley Manning had ever had a trial you know he's been held. In uh, Quantico, the the uh, military prison for a long time in deplorable conditions, and he's an American citizen too. So, what do you do with that, Patrick? I will give you a chance to re- respond here. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in. Are assassinations what we should be doing? Is it only Americans that should should not be assassinated? What do you think? Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. It's a single toll free call in line here on Free Talk Lives Live Saturday Night Edition with Mark and Stephanie. What if you found out that all the best liberty activists in the world were moving to one place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. I'm a mover for the Free State Project. Stephanie, I am too. Moved in two thousand six. FreeStateProject.org. You can be a part of it. Let's go back to Patrick in Missouri, I believe. Patrick? Yeah. All right. I'm sorry about sorry about that, but uh, back back to the, the, the citizenship thing. And uh, maybe, you know, I've been thinking, maybe we did go by it the wrong way, of course. I mean, I, I look at both sides of the views. Thank you. Um, right, great. If we would have tried maybe capturing them a couple times, warned them to give up. You know what I mean? And if we had to exhaust all our our resources to capture them, then maybe go ahead and blast them if we had a chance. Well, Patrick, you know, I, I hear you saying if we had to do something like this, and I mean, it, we is typically like you and me, and you and me weren't involved in this at all. It was the government people. So I think it's kind of misleading to say we... Part of this, Patrick, is that um, to some extent this indicates uh, the support of the United States foreign policy. And I understand that tragedies occurred on 9-11. And I, um, uh, you know, like I, I hear that Al Qaeda was involved in that. And I get that people are concerned with that. I really do. But it seems to me that there have been seven decades uh, of intervention in the Middle East by the United States a lot of intervention, like deposing leaders and setting up puppet uh, puppet states and, uh, you know, supplying arms to one side or the other, putting troops on the ground, supporting kings and dictators, uh, like dictators yeah. in Yemen, things like that. And 
it it doesn't surprise me that some people in the Middle East would like to have sort of self-actualization and have their own rule and that they feel that the United States government, uh, in the support of dictators and kings, makes it extraordinarily difficult for them to see, say, their own revolutions, like the, the revolution the United States had against a king, and that this is really contrary to what the nation is uh, was, was founded on and, and really should be about. So as far as I'm concerned, we should leave those – we – should leave those people alone. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, the United States military as government always been warmongers. I mean, if you look back in the past, we're always in the middle of everything. Well, I mean, war is the health of the state, right, as Randolph Bourne said. Yeah, the, the, the government really didn't start this until the, um, they wanted to be an empire, and that was about the very, very end of the 1800s. Right, right. Uh, you're, you're correct. And, um, you know... I don't know if you consider this Al-Zari making an act of war against the United States. Some people could say that. Some people, some people don't. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree that it's an act of war. I just wonder, you know, like to me, it's the Hatfields and the McCoys. Who started it? Nobody knows. And but they do I know that both sides were aggressive, going back and forth and back and forth. And frankly. It, it, you know, it, what it seems like to me is the United States government has business on United States soil if it has business anywhere, and it frankly doesn't have any business in on other people's soil. Right. I mean, Iraq, Iraq, we can look right there. Been there way too long. Come on, let the people do what they want to do. You know, we, we've wasted our time there. And it seems like we just, we might, might, might as well just take over Iraq. Might as well take over Afghanistan. You know, I mean. You know, you know what that would cost us? And you see, this is the problem with the kind of government we have. We'll never be an empire because we offer too many things to people. So, I mean, suddenly if we we take over, then they've got to have unemployment insurance. They've got to have welfare. They've got to have this and that and the other and um, that kind of thing. It's much cheaper just to keep them as a client state, which oh, is really what the United States has been doing all along with well, all of these governments. I mean, it, you, you can't deny the fact that the U.S. being in all these Middle Eastern countries and they're in a lot more than people think. You know, a lot of people don't know about Thousand military bases yeah. in a hundred more than one hundred and thirty nations. Libya, Yemen, yeah, all those. But you can't deny that the U.S. has caused irreparable damage. You know, changed the course of history in these countries. You know, where there were a lot of people who had nothing to do with what their governments were doing and were not involved in politics at all, just innocent people living their lives. And the U.S. has changed things forever. Right. We should be more of a peaceful, loving country because there's other countries that need help. I mean, if you look at Africa a lot of starving countries, why don't we take our resources out of trying to kill people and help people instead? You know? I, I think that can be better uh, done I in, uh, I, I think that can be better done by voluntary means like private charities. Exactly. In fact, Mark, I know you're involved and actually I just signed up uh, too with the Kiva loans, like making micro loans to small businesses around the world. Patrick, and thanks for the call. There are lots of other um, aid organizations, you know, the, that give food to people around the world and try to get, uh, housing and uh, help them start businesses and learn skills and all kinds of stuff like that. So I think that third world development and that uh, charity around the world is really best accomplished through private means. And we we saw with the uh, Bush administration and, and many other in Clinton and many other presidents before that, they had tried to give foreign aid 
that was kind of meant uh, to help Africa become more developed and um, help the HIV problem and so forth. But, but the dictators it, just take it. It didn't work. Yeah, the di- the dictators take it for themselves. Exactly. Even when they drop um, food on those countries, you know, it usually goes to the governments and they t- hoard it for themselves. That's the reason that I, um, you know, donate to these, uh, you know, these uh, NGOs is because I don't feel the government properly represents me. Yep. I feel that I'm unrepresented and I, I want to better represent myself. So, well, And is it really charity if it's for? Let's go to Yael in Philly. Yael? Yes, uh, good evening now. What's up? Yes, hello. What's, hello, what's on your mind? Well, let's see. I'd like to give you a libertarian cocktail for the evening. It seems as if the questions have been softballs so far. So I'm going to go from Anwar Al-Awlaki, the rule of law, free society, drug war, immigration, and prisoners, and they're all related. Okay. So let's Lay it on us. Anwar al no, it's all right now. The Anwar al-Awlaki, we just have to look. Uh, he was not tried in a judicial court. It was assassination. Therefore, due process, which we're supposed to give to every citizen, was not included. But I think my, my bigger point that I want to get to is the due process and the court system, the judicial system, and how basically it's clogged with immigration. It's clogged with nonviolent drug offenders. Yep. And we've turned to where it's a private industry. So I guess my question is, Looking at a free society... I don't know if it's a, a private whole. industry, but it is an industry, certainly. I mean, it's... Well, a, uh, let's say Gary Johnson did privatize the prison industry in New Mexico. There's some and private... Th- there are private uh, prisons all over the United States, but uh, okay, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, of course. Uh, my whole point is just that these prisoners are also have contracts with certain companies, and they make furniture, they make license plates, and yep. they get about 20 cents a day. And these companies get to profit off of that cheap labor, mm-hmm. just as if there's this underground society that's totally removed. And what's the role of that in a free society? That's sort of the thing I'm throwing out there for you guys. So the role of what? In a free society, well, what are the I roles of prisons? The, the private prison system and sort of balancing that okay. versus the public system. Well, I spent nine years in prison. I'm, I've, I'm a bit of an expert on this. And I think that uh, really the way to make a private prison just is to give – inmates and prisons the uh, opportunity to work together in order to be housed where you want to be housed. So let me give you a, an example here. So let's say that there are you know five private prisons in a given um, geographic area and um, you know the, the prisoners you know there's they are in gradations from really great to really awful and the prisoners would have the option to move from a you know whichever prison they happen to be in in order to be able to move to the better ones. Obviously the better ones only going to have so many beds, so it is going to choose the inmates that are the best as far as it's concerned, and the inmates that are the very worst are going to end up at the worst prisons. Does that make some sense? Oh, it well does, but I mean, it certainly does not reflect the prison system that we have today. Absolutely. There's nothing nothing about today that reflects the free market. I would like to take a stab at answering this question, and first of all, I think that if we did have a truly free society we would move away from this paradigm of punishment as justice and instead move toward more toward a paradigm of restitution. And there would be so much fewer, uh, uh, I'd be, say so many fewer tenth, people maybe. incarcerated uh, than there are today because so many people who are incarcerated right now are there on violation of probation, driving, drug offenses, that kind of thing, victimless crimes uh, for which there is no victim and so nobody would need to be restituted. But maybe we can come back to this. Did you want to hold Yael over? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yael, we're going to hold you over. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live.
you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in, take control of the airwaves. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and you know how important that is when you're shopping online. Some prices, in fact, are so low, they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Let's go back to Yael in Philly. All right. Uh, we were talking before about the, the role of private prisons versus public and all. Really, my whole point is that there are certain industries, rent seekers, they go to the lobby, the state and the federal legislatures, oh, yes. Yes. The capital, and they ask for these mandatory minimum sentences. That's a, the word of the day. Mm-hmm. And because of this, they're guaranteed a workforce that yep. is sort of beyond the regulated labor market so that they get to pay them 10 cents a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So as long as that occurs, the incentive for the judicial system and you know, those other industries to push for more and more prisoners is so increased and just so present. So if, if there was a reduction well, in either the prisoners or the minimum wage, do you believe that the problem would sort of, uh, I guess, be eradicated? Well, um, I think the root of that problem is government itself, which enables these corporations to be rent seekers, as you mentioned. And I would, you know, some people call this crony capitalism or just government getting in bed with these businesses where, that have political connections and uh the mandatory, really... mandatory minimum sentences were going on before um, private prisons really became very popular at all. And I would contend that, in fact, the irregular prisons are incentivized because they get federal dollars and, of course, they get state dollars. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the taxpayer is burdened with, uh, you know, having to incarcerate all these people because the judges said so. Without the private prisons, I still think you have a prison industrial complex. Oh, no, I believe that. It's not about dividing between the public and the private. It's more about looking at the entire scope of the whole thing. It's sort of this philosophical way of, of looking at it that we're going to imprison these people so we can legally pay them a lot less. Oh. If you do away with the whole law of having to pay people a minimum wage anyway, it seems as if there would be less of an incentive to have prisons, to have these people in jail. Well, don't forget the um, other aspect of it, that is that um, that the bureaucrats themselves uh, have an incentive to incarcerate people because there's all kinds of money involved in that, even oh, if there yeah. wasn't cheap labor involved. The states even- get money from the feds, you know, every, everything. And, of course, you cannot opt out of the system. You cannot choose which jail you would like to hire or you would like to fund. And in a truly free market uh, paradigm, we would see a lot more transparency and accountability and choice as far as people – uh, doing uh, crimes and harm to each other. We would see different styles of arbitration and, and mediation and, as I said, move away from this pu- paradigm of punishment in favor of more restitutive justice. 
Yeah, I'll thank you for the call. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Zach in Kentucky. Zach? Hey, guys. How you doing? All's well. What's on your mind? You're on Free Talk Live. Well, I was just calling. I, I was wanting to say that, uh, you know, in America, uh, police officers uh, take down uh, people on rampages that are, you know, shooting and killing people. And they can you know, those people don't get a trial. They get killed. Um, and, uh, you know, school shooters and all the, all those terrible things, you know. Sure. Um, and we, we've been looking for this guy for, for 10 years. And, I mean, he this is the, the kind of guy that he's a mastermind. Uh, he masterminds terror attacks. Uh, indoctrinate children. So we're told. Uh, to I mean, I, up. Yeah. so we're told. You're, uh, you're right, but I, I don't. I mean, you know, I mean, some of the. I tend uh, to believe it. Yeah, me too. But some of the email stuff that was released from um, Nadal Hassan and him um, talking uh, seemed to be seemed to, to make me think that as well. Sure. Um, but okay, so I mean, so I mean, I think that's a kind of, we, and also the CIA. Now, the CIA would want to capture him. They've been looking for him for 10 years. He's a wealth the of CIA, knowledge. The CIA, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. The CIA had the opportunity to have Osama bin Laden in one of their prisons and do whatever they wanted to do with him and show to put a bullet I, I in his head. I don't agree with that. What? I, 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 I don't agree with what we did with Osama bin Laden. Right. I'm talking about, I'm well, talking about. We didn't do uh, anything. Right. Well, uh, but, but your contention was that the CIA would prefer to have had um, Anwar al-Wiki um, rather yeah. than killing him. And I would say that the, the incident with Osama bin Laden proves that what what you're saying is not true. Well, well okay, so a guy hiding in Pakistan uh, for a, at least what six seven years, Osama bin Laden. Yeah. You think he had the same information that Al Laki, who is an active in, in the on the front lines guy involved in? I don't in, know where the front lines are. I mean, the, well, aren't, aren't I, the I front lines of the front? Well, I well, I'm just saying the, this is this guy is definitely much more involved. In the I, don't, I don't know that that is a true statement, and um, I you there know was I, no phone even. I mean, you know, the, you he had know, computer. Guys, let me just jump in here. I mean, there's there's always a new uh, target. There's always a new person that the government says is the biggest terror threat out there, right? And and they use it to kind of scare people and keep them in a perpetual state of fear. And I think it's time to kind of strike at the root and get to the bottom of why uh, there are so many people in the Middle East who are upset at the U.S. government and what they're doing. And I think that if you right. examine that question, it goes back to the U.S.'s foreign policy for many, many decades. Well, and really all I was going to say was, you know, that, that sometimes we have to even take out uh, American citizens on our soil for going crazy in the grocery store. I get it. I, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean by we? Do you mean do you mean the government? I mean, I think, no, I think our, uh, our police forces, um, you know, uh, our, yes, our government, um, per se, I guess. Well, I don't um, think that this was, is comparable, it, though. I mean, you know, a no, guy well, who they, they had there was collateral damage in this. Um, so, I mean, somebody was killed that uh, wasn't necessarily one of them terrorist folks. Um, and yeah. also you have a situation where the guy wasn't holding a little baby with a gun to its head. He was just doing whatever he's doing and terror came from the sky and killed him and what, what that's not the same playing? thing what if, just, what if he was riding with uh you know with somebody who was uh you know to take to take a backpack to strap on a kid to blow up a, a store the next day i mean i think that the argument can be made if, i think you can make the argument man. if somebody is in the commission of a crime that killing them if if that is the only Modern option um, then, then that, that is what one can do but this isn't that's not the claim it's not even the remote claim of the united states government no, I mean I know it's not. I'm just saying that that by them by them I just don't know. I, I don't know. I guess my opinion was 
that he didn't necessarily deserve uh, a trial. Um, he deserves a trial everybody, in the same way that you deserve a trial. Everybody deserves a trial. If we had a chance, if we had a chance to, to take him out, I think that was probably the best thing to do. Do you think do. you deserve a trial if you were um, accused of something? Uh, I sure do, yeah. Okay, yeah, then do. so does he. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, I mean, but, I, you know... These I think standards have to apply to everyone. Yeah, if, they don't, if they don't apply to everybody, then they don't apply. You know, so so um, him him leaving, you know, right after nine eleven or right before I can't remember from from Virginia, I believe, right? Um, he, he he goes, uh, you know, over uh, over to the Middle East, and I mean, really, like like one of your previous callers was saying, I mean, he was he he's lived in the Middle East more than he's lived in America, and and I mean, yeah, he is technically an American citizen, but he's also fighting. For the other side, you know, of our government. I, you know, it's not our government. If, if, if we're taking sides here, I don't want to take the side of the government that shot down a passenger plane, an Iranian pl- passenger plane in 1989 and killed 300 innocent people. Do you? Huh? Well, you know, no, of course where not. Is your, I, you where know. is your video on YouTube apologizing for this particular action? I mean, so many Americans will say, well, oh, these Muslims, they don't apologize for this stuff. But in fact, um, you know, Americans have no idea what their government is doing in their name. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, like somebody asked me earlier if I agree with how uh, President Obama is handling this war. And I said, no, not at all. You know, and and most liberals are like, oh yeah, he's taken out people. You know, he he's uh, he's not some softy like you say us liberals are. And I, as somebody who voted for him, you know, I hate how he's handling the war because he promised over. And the truth of the matter is. I, no, he didn't. Fault. He actually well, said well, that um, he said that uh, that Iraq was the bad war and Afghanistan was the good war. Everybody who voted for him, who thought that who had these yeah. little peace signs on their bumper stickers, is I'm frankly yeah, not paying that's, attention. That's not peace. I and mean, obviously, he also didn't keep his promises. And as Jeremy is right. saying, transparency. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree because the thing is, uh, the reason I say it's my fault, you know, uh, a guy with so little federal government experience like to even know it's not uh, your fault Zachary. no no I mean, it's you not. had the choice no, between two colostomy bags okay i mean you know pick your favorite was essentially what the american people <laughs> yeah, were told yeah. on election day 2008 <laughs> and that doesn't make it your fault it's sad that this is what uh, essentially this system brings i mean I, this I is and why what, I su- what could you have possibly done you know to get out of it i mean it's, there's nothing you can do to influence the federal Federal government, such a big scale. It's not your fault. Don't beat yourself up. I do enjoy your show. I didn't mean to argue. I just no. We appreciate it. We appreciate dissenting opinions. (laughs) Wasn't even that dissenting. I I mostly (laughs) agree with what he said. Zach, I appreciate the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Free Talk Live is a completely open website where you can post and link to news stories and blog posts that uh, – we've got a lot of traffic on there. In fact, I think – 
it, as I understand it, we were just looking at our web traffic versus uh, you know websites like Hannity and Combs and uh, Laura Ingram. Free Talk Live has as much traffic as they do. You post a story up there, and tens of thousands of people are going to see it if it gets voted up towards the top. And you can be involved in that. Freetalklive.com. Go ahead. People will vote up your story. You can vote theirs up. It is a one big voting family there at freetalklive.com. Let's go to Aaron in Kansas City. Aaron. Hey there, Big Daddy and Stephanie. It's a pleasure to speak to the two of you. <laughs> Thank you. What's on your mind, Aaron? Um, well, just wanted to say two things. First of all, that today I st- stated my intent to move to the great state of New Hampshire. Excellent. Cool. Welcome. Um, In and, advance. Uh, the other thing was the uh, it has to involve with the Fourth Amendment, uh, granting citizen 14th Amendment, sorry, granting citizenship to anyone who was born in the nation. Um, when that amendment was ratified, it was stated during the debate clearly that the 14th Amendment would not apply to uh, people who weren't answerable to foreign powers or citizens of foreign powers. Okay. Um, meaning that if you were not a actual immigrant, um, uh, a, you know, legal, considered a legal immigrant at the time, which was determined by the states, not the federal government, All right. um, your children did not automatically get U.S. citizenship. Okay. It, I mean, the purpose of the 14th Amendment was to apply U.S. citizenship to the freed slaves and, you know, help prevent them from having their rights taken from them. Um, by being denied due process or being denied the right to keep arms. Um, okay. It's just, it's a, it's well, so what, you, what you're claiming here, the Aaron. The application of it is that, well, I, I mean, yes, I know it's been, that that application, you know, it's been used for to, to do that for a very There's a lot of debate now. on the floor of Congress about a lot of different things that get passed. And the idea that, you know, oops, we just forgot to put that in, I mean, that could very well have been something that they included in the amendment instead of just the assumption that that is going to, I mean, oh, well, you know, obviously people that were born here but are under the uh, power of foreign kings or whatever aren't citizens. I mean, that could have been stated. It would have been pretty easy. It's not that long of an amendment. I agree. It probably could have been better worded, but it was. Well, then um, I got to go with the le- the word, the letter of the law, as opposed they to the when they're ratified. But well, I mean, the Constitution says I'm, a lot of things. I mean, there's stuff about you know women are excluded from it completely, and black people are three fifths of a person. So well, <laughs> they changed that with the fourteenth, right? It's not black people are three fifths of a person. It was slaves are three fifths of a person. Mm. Not all slaves are black people. Not all black people were slaves. That's an, also an incorrect application of it. But okay, but I mean, regardless of the power that, of the southern states and help elimin, eliminate slavery in the end. Um, that was. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I don't. I don't want to get too off track. It, I just. I just can't get too excited about the Constitution because, as Lysander Spooner said. It's been powerless to prevent all the tyranny that's happened, or it has enabled it, to paraphrase him. Yeah, and I'll agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, um, but Mark quoted that the Constitution said that, and it actually doesn't. It's just been well, pushing around. It does say it. You just, so. you're, it's somebody's interpretation that didn't get included in it, um, you know, it's, I, you know, maybe for all I know, Aaron, you're absolutely right that the people that voted on this believed that people that, uh, you know, that the, ch- that the children born on U.S. soil of parents that were, um, you know, not U.S. citizens that were intending to move back to another nation were not intended to be U.S. citizens. 
But these lawyers, these men of letters, uh, apparently failed miserably at uh, you know passing this down. This this most important document, the highest law in the land, they failed to put that on there. Yeah, I mean it's it's an egregious uh, uh, you know uh, mistake as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and when I get a little more time, I'll see if I can't dig up the relevant quotes and email them to you guys. Just all right. Thanks for the call, Aaron. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three could very well be right for all I know, but you know I can only read the Constitution written as it is written. Let's go to Jeremy in Alaska. Jeremy. Hey, Stephanie and Mark, how the hell are you? Oh, God. How great, are you, Jeremy. Jeremy. We are great tonight. <laughs> well, uh, you got to turn down your radio, as, uh, as a Ron Paul supporter and a uh, libertarian, you know, from the dark side of hell, I'd like to say that... Uh, I thought you were in Alaska. You know, that I stick that is up the dark for side Ron of hell. Paul and what he said, because that's just totally disgusting to be able to just pinpoint an American and murder him without due process. And Ron Paul's 110% right on, and there's no backing down. So, Jeremy, I got a question for you. What you drinking on tonight? Well, y'all forgot the glass. I usually get the glass, but uh, y'all ain't got one. But, uh, you know, that, <laughs> you yeah, sh- I find it pathetically insane that, you know, that that someone could send, a, you know, a few hate, hateful emails to anybody and use that as an excuse to assassinate them is beyond ridiculous. Thanks for the call, right Jeremy. On. I appreciate it. 855-450-3733. What it, time is it in Alaska? Isn't it like five hours ahead of us? Uh, behind or I think behind. Whatever the term is. Yeah, behind. Um, yeah, so that would be like uh, 4.12 in the afternoon. 4 p.m. But hey, you know, it doesn't take uh, perfect cognitive clarity to understand peace and nonviolence. And I think Jeremy's right on. I Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh Annette in, oh shoot, I just, oh, Annette, I just, uh, it was my mistake with the board here. Um, you can call back. I, I will take you uh, as quickly as I can. Let's go to Randy in Jefferson. Randy. Hi, guys. Hey, Randy. Wow. I, need, I need some of what he's got. <laughs> it's not that, it's, it's not that expensive. You can get it at the store. <laughs> oh, boy, I tell you. I wanted to, uh, uh, Find out a little more about the Free State Project. Sure. sure. I mean, uh, all this stuff we've been talking about tonight's all been kind of hardcore stuff. And I thought maybe lighten it up a little bit. Tell us your own personal experiences or something with the Free State Project a little more. So, And, you know, one thought that I had was I live in, in Oregon, in southern Oregon, which we all call the state of Jefferson. Yes, I'm familiar is, uh, with that. Yeah. There was some uh, right. indication that maybe that area would secede, I guess, at one point, right? Uh, it goes back before World War II, actually. Mm. And uh, they used to actually, on every Thursday, they would close the roads and uh, hand out pamphlets and uh, tell you that your car insurance wasn't uh, any good in the state of Jefferson for that day, so don't get into Iraq. It's funny. <laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, the war happened, of course, and everybody went off to war, and, and it was kind of forgotten. But it's made a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, 
folks are in Northern California and Southern Oregon are still uh, talking about it. And, uh, sure. As I understand it, you know, especially Northern California is just so different from the rest of California. And it kind of makes sense, you know, when you take uh, large areas of land and group them together in these arbitrary geopolitical boundaries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These, these people in this rectangle will get along just fine. Everybody will be properly represented in this rectangle. Well, in every government, that's the whole point of every government, is for some people to impose their will by use of the monopoly on force, which is the government, on everybody else. And so it makes sense that the larger and the more disparate the interests in that geopolitical designation, the the more difficult it is for people to uh, get along with each other. Yeah, people are dissatisfied with their governments in Rhode Island and Hawaii, Mm -hmm. let alone, especially Hawaii, where uh, the indigenous population, in a lot of cases, would just like to uh, be their own free country. And I would like to get back to the original question about the Free State Project. Um, To answer the question, I think that, well, first of all, the Free State Project is a group of um, liberty-loving individuals moving to New Hampshire and trying to create an environment where there's more freedom in their lifetimes. Both of us moved here for it. Uh, There's just so much going on, uh, so much more of a social life, so much more of an activism life, opportunities for business and projects to promote the ideas of liberty. I'm very happy with it, and that's all I can say in this short time frame. Yeah, Randy, I'll tell you my experience here uh, when we get back. I appreciate the call. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. It's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in, talk about whatever it is that uh, is on your mind, and get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month. And do it for fractions of a penny apiece. Do it from the back of your car with LibertyStickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard at LibertyStickers.com. I actually have one of the LibertyStickers.com stickers on the back of my car. I really love it. It uh, says that um, Barack Obama has fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. And I think it's a very insightful and that gets the message across ironic sure. statement yeah and you can get get one of those insightful and ironic statements for yourself at libertystickers.com so we just had a caller call in and uh, ask us about the free state project oh yeah mm-hmm. you, you explained pretty well what it is it is a movement to move twenty thousand liberty loving individuals to one state that state is new hampshire in order to create a uh, government or uh, you know modify a government to which the uh, you know, the maximum role of government is the protection of life, liberty, and the protection of property. And there you go. That's what the idea is. And there's lots of different folks. And I have, uh, you know, some of some of whom I think are doing really great work. Others, I'm, you know, somewhat dubious work. Me too, what I, Mark. What, and what, what you can know, I tell you? <laughs> there's supposedly there are 11,000 people who have pledged to move to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And there are 1,000 people who have say that they have already moved here, although they're 
there may be more than that because not everybody lets the Free State Project know that they moved. And also there are local people who already lived in New Hampshire who are not allowed to join the Free State Project, but they can be supportive and get active for liberty for sure. Sure. Uh, who already lived in New Hampshire. And so, you know, when you get a, th- a group of a thousand people at minimum together, there sure are going to be disagreements between tactics, you know, that different people use. But for the most part, there are a lot of people I've found here who have become, um, you know, my closest friends, uh, liberty people. One thing I can tell you about business partners and everything. Yeah. One thing I can tell you about the Free State Project is um, organizations um, that were founded at at the very least, if not founded, uh, supported by the Free State Project. The New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is a great example. There are 125 representatives in the New Hampshire House that are endorsed by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. And, you know, when you're talking about that many liberty oriented people in one legislative body, a quarter, more than a quarter of the uh, legislators are pro liberty types. You've got now a libertarian veto, which puts the Democrats and the Republicans, the conservatives and the liberals on notice. They can't get anything by unless it fits these, uh, you know, these more principled folks beliefs. And that that isn't going on in any other state. So that's the amazing thing about the Free State Project. At this well, point. and you know what else isn't going on in any other state? Uh, the blogs, freekeen.com, the media, Free media. Talk Live, Incredible TV media. shows, uh, podcasts, all so much media coming out of New Hampshire uh, just dominating the the blogosphere of pro-liberty stuff. Let's go to Annette in Georgia, whom I dropped off earlier. Annette, my apologies. I just pushed the oh, wrong button. Oh, of course. No problem. Um, I have uh, three comments to make about um, Barry Sotoro, also known as Barack Hussein Obama. Okay, got to toss I, in that Hussein I be, thing. I'll be, I will be right to the point. Okay. And, uh, okay. One, um, <clears throat> WorldNet Daily is a highly credible and respected organization, well-known. Well, they're well-known, if, if if not a little bit biased, but go ahead. Oh, you think they're biased? Okay. I do. Okay. Well, everybody's well, okay. biased. Every- okay. But I think they that they're particularly biased. WorldNet Daily has published, you could find it as we speak, on their website, um, Regarding uh, the Palestinian uh, state uh, will uh, be taken care of by Obama uh, after his reelection, uh, a Palestinian official said Obama will not accept the Palestinian request of a state at the U.N. Uh, Secretary Council uh, cannot help on the on the ground for now. We were told to wait for Obama's re-election and that before then nothing serious will happen for a state. The official continued, but after the re-election, the U.S. said the schedule will be short to reach a Palestinian state. So he has promised the Arabs... uh, uh, their own state uh, after he's reelected. The Arabs have lots of states, but um, okay. yeah, the okay. Palestinians. But I, I, I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't okay. trust I'll a politician giving promises. Point. I don't want to argue. I'll I, just move I, on to my I'm next I'm only point. saying that you don't trust politicians uh, making promises. It's a bad idea. Go ahead, Annette. Well, I don't consider Obama a politician. Okay. Uh, now, uh, my next thing is... Um, quick, quick. The... Uh, the um, uh, Americans for Freedom of Information has released copies of President Obama's college transcripts from Occidental College. Uh, 
uh, now released the transcript. School indicates that Obama, under the name Barry Sotoro, received financial aid as a foreign student from Indonesia as an undergraduate. The transcript was released by Occidental College in compliance with a court order in a suit brought by the group in the Superior Court of California. And uh, the transcript shows that Obama, Sotoro, applied for financial aid and was awarded a fellowship for foreign students from the Fulbright Foundation Scholarship Program. To qualify for the scholarship, gotcha. a student What's mu- the next point? Must, complain, uh, <laughs> must, must claim foreign citizenship. Okay, I'll just move on now to my next point, and then, and then you know, I'll just leave it. And anyone can just research what I'm saying because it's all on, online right now. Well, you know, I, I need to jump in here and kind of just say... Um, it's a really obvious that Obama and all the politicians out there, frankly, are interested in controlling your and my life and making decisions for us that we would be better served by making for ourselves. And I think that alone is enough reason not to put our moral support behind them. I don't really care where he was born or yeah, I don't what think his citizenship off of Joe is. Joe Biden. Yeah, I, well, mean, I do care. I do care. I can tell. I, I believe. I do believe uh, in the Constitution. I do believe the president, uh, whoever, uh, needs to uh, um, be a citizen of this country and not have allegiance to another nation. But, uh, but I would do you think like that? Move- uh, do you think that if you're born in a place, you automatically have allegiance to them? May okay. Uh, you know, it's a bit more complicated than that. Unfortunately. Uh, the um, you you are not aware of Obama's true background. You obviously have not done research. I, well, I don't. I don't need to do research. I, I, I already, I already don't support him. But you don't That's know anything thing about that. this man. Well, but, but why do I need to? Because I don't support him he's already an based on the things that he's done. That's why he's an. Uh, you know, so, I don't want to go into this because. Uh, I, I, it's a very, uh, you have a lot of other people waiting. Uh, I just want to move on to my last point. You got 20 if seconds. I may, please. Okay. Um, well, you don't want to have a discussion, but I, I mean. Oh, okay. I don't want to be rude. So what did I do wrong? So uh, uh, I'll keep quiet and listen to you. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I, yeah, I mean, you called the show. <laughs> we just want to talk to you about this. I just think that it's really obvious that a lot of the politicians have done some pretty uh, terrible things and that we already don't support them based on that. There are lots of folks waiting. Annette, I do appreciate the call. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. Eight fifty five four fifty free. It's a take sacral toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live, eight five five four five zero three seven three three. 
The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle is an affordable, versatile, and reliable rifle. It'll deliver 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance in a variety of situations. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. It's a serious rifle for those serious about rifles. The perfect do-it-all bolt-action rifle where the rugged, where, excuse me, where rugged, reliable Ruger meets the practical tactical. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle, the one rifle you have to have if you can have only one. You can go see it at Ruger.com and pick it up at your local gun dealer. It's Ruger.com. Let's go to Danny in Colorado. Danny? Hey, Mark. It's Danny Lazzoni. How have you been? The famous uh, d- director of playing Columbine. Yeah, that's me. But <laughs> I'm calling tonight. Well, I'm calling, first of all, to let you know that there's also great information on the Internet about Barack Hussein Obama being the Antichrist, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's responsible for a lot of the contrails that you can see out your window. Yeah. <laughs> Have you researched this, uh, Danny? Have you uh, done hours yeah, and hours? I mean, it's on the Internet. I'm not going to bore you with it, but just do your own research. It's right. all there, obviously. And, and this, yeah. is, th- this, is, this brings up I'm... the point that there are certain things on the Internet that you can research in whichever direction you want and find all the information you want yeah. for the theory that it is that you purport. And, you know, you only well, have so many hours in the day, and uh, I'd like to l- spend my time learning how to help people. And <laughs> As if somebody being a U.S. citizen makes them qualified or a good president or whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, Joe Biden's a perfect example as to why, uh, you know, U.S. citizens, uh, you know, are no more qualified to be president than yeah. non-citizens. Well, Mark, I'm calling tonight because a lot of people have criticized Obama, saying that he's no different in many respects than the previous president the Bush administration. However, um, it should be noted that there is a stark contrast between Bush and Obama when it comes to foreign policy. You see, George Bush would just, he would kidnap people and torture them, but Obama just kills them. I mean, that's that's all that seems to be happening now. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the that takes away that all that messy rendition stuff and uh, all the bad information you get from uh, torturing people, like the yellow cake story that brought us to brought the United States uh, into Iraq in the first place. And it is worth pointing out that Obama did say that it would be one of his first priorities in office to close Guantanamo Bay, which didn't come true. And I happen to know, uh, Danny, that you are the liberal sort. So you're not calling in like uh, one of these, uh, you know, birthers just hating, o- hating on Obama because he's a uh, he- he's a conservative. I mean, you're actually because the the fact is, I've seen the numbers. Sixty five percent of Democrats are dissatisfied with Barack Obama's performance. Yeah, I voted for Barack Obama in two thousand eight, and uh, you know, I would say the majority of my friends in real life and online on Facebook, etc., are progressives, are liberals. And it is an uphill battle for me whenever I present, you know, a more liberty-oriented message, or I don't get behind Barack Obama on issues like this. But the Awlaki assassination this week is just ultra-disturbing, and the number of people that seem to support it, uh, it's just, I mean, it's asinine. The fact that, for example, um, people say, well, you know, Awlaki was clearly tied to these previous terrorist attacks, and... I'm thinking, well, if you think that it can be so proven that all of these previous transgressions that he made um, are, are punishable, then, then bring it before a, a court of law. There's no reason to assassinate someone without charging them uh, on that basis. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree. I don't know how this was. I, I, I guess in my mind, I imagine a little tent out in the desert of Yemen where uh, Al-Wiki and some other guy who uh, got killed um, happened to be hanging out, uh, I don't know, smoking a hookah or something. And 
the you know the predator drone swoops in, uh, lays down some uh, fifty cal uh, fire, and, and and takes them out. I'm not exactly sure what happened um, as as far as things go, but this is just kind of how I imagine it. And you'd think if you could bring a predator drone in, that you could just as easily take uh, you know some kind of plane or a helicopter or something off from one of these mini aircraft carriers that are around in the Persian Gulf and and that kind of thing, and land a SEAL team out there, extract the dude, and uh, bring him back. I mean, if it, I mean, if the, if you want to give thirst aspect really disturbs me. You know, I I just saw it, it harkens back to when Osama bin Laden was killed, and there were people partying, there were people dancing and uh, drinking beer, and just celebrating someone's death. And I see kind of echoes of that in the skies killing, and it's, I just I I get so turned the parties off by certainly that. weren't as weren't as good. I can yeah. tell you that no, the parties weren't as good. I think it's certainly disturbing that he was an American citizen, but that isn't the part that I think I object to the most. I think that anyone is entitled to uh, a trial uh, in this case. Certainly, um, you know, he was unarmed. He and six other of his associates who were probably not savory characters, not Maybe. people you and I yeah. want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know they. They had stopped uh, outside of the capital of Yemen uh, in the desert. They were having breakfast. They saw a predator drone approaching. This is according to the, the articles I've read. And they attempted to flee back to their vehicle. The drone fired a missile, um, and they were all killed uh, in, the, in the missile strike. And, uh, yeah, I think that the Joint Special Operations Command, JSOC, who carried out this and, and the uh, bin Laden assassination previously, they should probably just take some lessons from your average zookeeper on how to operate a tranquilizer gun <laughs> and you'd extract more intelligence, you know, by taking these people alive, interrogating them, uh, giving them due process than you would by assassinating them and throwing them in the ocean and hoping that your uh, approval ratings grow up as a result of that. Unless you're scared of what they'll say, unless these people were CIA operatives from the very beginning. Um, I mean, as I understand, uh, some of bin Laden received all kinds of help from the CIA at one point. Maybe they're afraid of where the bodies are hidden is what, uh, you know, always interests me. Danny, Mm -hmm. I do appreciate the call. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Lauren in Ohio. Lauren. Hey there, how you doing? All's well. What's on your mind? Good. I was just, wow, I'll agree with a lot of what that guy was saying. You know, you got to think about this whole um, all the lackey all the time. <laughs> you know, that was the CIA lackey. He supposedly ran all three bombers. Remember the underwear bomber? Uh, yes. Okay, sure. remember Kurt Haskell, the attorney with his wife, another attorney that saw them put him on the plane? A yeah. well-dressed man? This, yeah, this, no this has been said. Yeah, this this has been said. I'm not right. familiar. Well, no, but... no, no. I'm just saying there's a trial going right now. This guy's an attorney. I mean, you know, the the Fort Hood shooting where they ordered the people to erase their cell phone video. There were three shooters. This is who he's involved with. This is all a CIA scam. You know, it's really cool because, you know, Sybil Edmonds, she's the no. FBI translator. Uh-uh. She's got a website boilingfrogspost.com. She'd be an awesome interview for you guys. We generally because don't she, do a lot of interviews on the show, Lauren. I mean, Sybil's yeah, certainly I welcome know, to uh, call you in. You guys are big on bringing out the truth. And the thing Try is, we can't win this if we don't get down to the truth. And in a big, bad hurry, this country's being overthrown. I actually called to talk to you about the Constitution, but when this guy started talking about this, I was thinking about it. You know, we're so wrapped up in lies we can't even see what's happening around us when did the but, the overthrow start lauren because well, i'm I mean, almost of the um, the opinion that it started the day after the revolutionary war was over 
It actually started before that. It's funny because my ancestors, uh, Raymond Demery, was aide-de-camp for George Washington. Another Raymond Demery and uh, Major Raymond Demery and Captain Paul Demery, they were the ancestors that were here in 1739 before this was even a country. The whole point is, you guys are right, freedom is the right to be responsible. They're stripping us of our right to be responsible for ourselves. No, you can't educate your kids. No, you can't save for your retirement. No, you can't work. Farmers don't grow food. We'll pay you. Women, don't marry those men. We'll pay you. And look what we've got. We've got this crap heap that we're living on now. We've got to take it back by just doing the right thing, being responsible for ourselves. You can do what you want to do. That's what the Constitution says. You've got to remember what this thing was about. Declaration of Independence was to defend every man's right to life, liberty, and it was property, but they took that out and put pursuit of happiness. Instead, it was a more, little more you know, nebulous. But the whole thing is, if you look at the Bill of Rights, where it says, this is the preamble, and it's talking about an extending the ground of public confidence in the government will best ensure the beneficent ends of its institution. Our confidence is supposed to be in these men, these $5,000 suit-wearing jackasses. They've, they've lost mine. Yeah, definitely lost mine a long time Appreciate ago. Appreciate the call, Lauren. 855 450 free. It's a SACL toll-free call in line here on Free Talk Live. Give us a call. Talk about what you want to talk about. Take control of the airwaves, 855-450-3733. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. Talk Live. Well, I'm not going to give out the telephone number because there's really no point. Ooh, time flies. This is the last segment. the end of the show. <laughs> the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. I guess we should uh, probably jump straight into the calls here. But first, you've probably been hearing us talk about bitcoins for a while now. And maybe you didn't know how to go about getting them. Well, there's an easy way. You can get bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the U.S., including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. It's just like a person-to-person cash transaction, only you do it over the Internet. It's Internet cash. It's an, uh, you know, an anonymous way to pay and has some advantages over other sorts of funding mechanisms on the Internet. To learn more, visit exchangebitcoins.com. And that's how you would go about uh, getting the Bitcoins, exchangebitcoins.com. Also, we use coins.org to find out more about Bitcoins. We use coins.org. Let's go to Kelvin in Colorado. Kelvin. Good evening, Mark, Stephanie, and uh, Mystery Man. (laughs) Oh, you're watching on the cam, are you? (laughs) Yes, I am. And uh, Stephanie, uh, does your shirt have just the serpent, or does it say... uh, well, uh, it, it's actually, yes, it, my shirt has, has the Gadsden uh, snake, which has been marked by the Department of Homeland Security as a terrorist symbol. So I guess I'm one of those. Uh, but on the back, it says LibertyOnTour.com. And those are our fr- some friends of the show who uh, have a great blog and uh, do a lot of great outreach about freedom. So thanks for asking. What's on your All mind, right, Kelvin? So I, could pro- 
I could probably go uh, to their website and get one then. Yes, I think you can. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, so this is something I haven't heard this discussed before, but it's always sort of puzzled me. Uh, how is a United States citizen to know if a law enforcement officer's uh, ID is legit? I'm talking about like an FBI badge. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really that's a great, great question. question. When you're talking about these assassinations that went on, was it Norway or Sweden or whatever it was uh, yes. recently? People were dressed up as police officers and went into a camp where there were children of politicians. One guy, and- yeah. Yeah, and and uh, killed a bunch of children. It was horrific. Right. And, so I mean, you yeah. know, anybody anybody who's uh, got a in a car with flashing lights on the top, um, you know, in a little well, it outfit, would, it would seem to be a great uh, disguise for real criminals who want to hurt people. Is just to say that they're police, and no one is allowed to question it if someone says that they're a police officer. I don't think there's anybody that would claim that there's not a certain deference that is given to a law enforcement officer, including law enforcement officers. And I don't know how one could possibly know this. Uh, it would be nice if there was some place on the web or something that shows this is what a legitimate FBI credential looks like. I mean, I know it might make it easier to counterfeit. Right, whatever, that's what but, I was just thinking. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, but on the other hand, uh, how do you, you know, some guy shows up, he he flashes a badge and uh, or not a badge, but a an ID. I mean, the only one you've ever seen has been on like the X Files or something. Uh, you have no idea if, if this person is for real or not. Uh, Absolutely. Anyway. You know, I mean, in why wouldn't one assume? I mean, obviously, you know, there's more cops in the world than there are, um, you know, mass murderers dressed up as cops. But why wouldn't one assume that every cop that one sees is a mass murderer hoping to kill them? I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it seems that there's certainly some evidence for it. You know, there are some people who uh, that we know who are journalists and videographers and who will ask police routinely for their badge numbers. And so I guess later on, when someone sees that video, they can go back and check if it's really a badge number. I don't know how they would do that, but maybe by calling the department or something. But that seems to be one kind of check on that uh, that thing that people would do, but it doesn't seem to be a very good one. Thanks for the call, yeah. Kelvin. Eight, well, I'm trying to give out the number here. Let's go to David in Oregon. <laughs> David, the number won't do you any good. David? David going once. David. Uh, this- this is not David. Okay. Says David here. Oh, sorry. This is Sandrock. Okay. Yep. I'm from New Hampshire. I live in Thornton. In where? Thornton, New Hampshire. Okay. What's on I, your mind? Um, well, on my mind right now is the fact that uh, I got to this great state. I think it's great here, man. Great. This awesome. state we is too. really, really cool. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I have some issues. I, uh, I called the porcupines. They're not with me. Okay. I uh, talked to the people for the uh, Stop the Northern Pass. They're not with me. Okay. Um, I even got picked up hitchhiking by Representative Robert Matheson. Um, I don't know if they're with me. So what are what I are they given, not with I, you on? Well, I have given up my creature comforts. I live outdoors. All right. I have given up electricity. I have given up driving a car. I have stopped buying gas. I have stopped paying the IRS. I stopped shopping at Walmart. I've done everything I possibly can to stop feeding into the system that is enslaving us. You are one heck of an individual. Go ahead. Let me tell you something. Where are my people? (laughs) You mean you want other people to do the same thing? (laughs) It's 
the only way we're going to stop it, man. Oh, I don't know that that's true. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if we have to accept a much lower standard of living in order to achieve freedom. I think that there are ways well, that we can balance our educa- own I mean, you know, it, it may very well be that people can use your case as a as a as an education tool, but I, you know, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm certainly not prepared to do it either. Well, I, I agree with you, caller, in that I feel a lot of frustration about the way that things are today, and uh, I would kind of like to divorce myself from many, in many ways, from the, especially the federal government. But um, I don't think that going out and living the woods is going to really serve my needs as an individual too much. I mean, how are, how are you finding it? It must be really cold in the winter, huh? Actually, actually, I find it beautiful. I I have oh. okay. great owls that join me every night. I talk to coyotes. I uh, Chase bears. Um, Do they talk back? Chase, you know, chase bears. Things, you know? Did you say chase bears? Yeah, absolutely. Don't, well, I, and it now, seems like a, don't try this at home. So, what do you what do you eat in the woods? Well, actually, um, the the one tie that I still have to the system is food stamps. And I tried to grow food this year, but I failed. Okay, it's got to be hard um, to do it in the woods. You've got to have uh, well, pretty much full sun. Is. Sure, it is. And uh, it is. You, you know, I'd uh, I. I Far be it for me to criticize anyone's lifestyle, but I mean, food stamps is kind of yeah, also in the system. the system, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it definitely feeds into the wrong the wrong system. I I know that. But you got to eat. I understand that. You know, I I want you to be able to eat as well, <laughs> and. Um, I don't know what to say. Well, Sam, I, I'm very interested in what you're doing, and you know, keep us uh, abreast of uh, of the news. Um, I've got to take some other calls here. Appreciate it. And let's go to John in Washington. John. Yeah, I uh, I'm concerned that I'm represented. Uh, I'm not represented in the Senate by Patty Murray and Maria Cantwell, and in the House by Norm Dix. Okay. Uh, they're super liberal, and I'm a conservative. I'm not represented. So how can we change that part of the system where my voice is in Congress? It's not there right now. This is truly the paradigm uh, problem that we have with the old representative republic thing is the idea that 50 uh, 50 percent plus one vote for somebody and then the other 49 percent, they, you know, just have to lump it. And, you know, the, the fact is, John, that. The numbers, uh, even the people that did vote for these folks that you're talking about don't feel represented either. Um, They recently had a poll come out where uh, the, let's see, people were asked whether or not the government had the consent of the governed. Mm -hmm. And if you remove people that were in the uh, political class from it, it came out above 90 percent of Americans do not believe the government has the consent of the governed, which says to me that, I mean, you're only... Uh, you're only sitting in the uh, you know the situation that, that most folks are. Really, the way to solve this is to get the government out of people's business. So therefore, these representatives, whomever they are, don't th- their word isn't uh, doesn't bind you in any way. If you get it out of other people's business, then yeah. uh, you you can and how to guide get it, your own and life. how to get it out is kind of a separate question. But I it's like a long one. Oh, I like the strategy that. That we're taking, you know, a lot of people have different approaches. Some people say that, well, I'm just going to live wherever I want and try to be happy on my own and try to be, you know, just live a life where I don't interact with the state as much as possible. Other people want to get together with other liberty liberty lovers and try to affect change. And uh, I guess time will tell which strategy is best, but I'm pretty happy living here in New Hampshire. Well, I'm a long way away from you. So, <laughs> yeah, I I would like to see maybe where 
the first place winner went to Congress with a with a 51% of the vote, and the second place winner went with a 49% vote, you know, and, and put them all together back there, you know. I would like to see Congress abolished. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, it's... Here's the here's one thing, um, you know, and I get I get your idea. So if we're talking about ways to, uh, you know, in patterns that we want to rearrange the deck chairs into, I'm I'm with you. I'll I'll go. I'll give you one more. How about if a law was so gosh darn good, couldn't we get all the Congress critters to agree to it? I mean, that would just take care of the two party paradigm from the very beginning, and then you wouldn't have a very large government because, well, there'd be far fewer laws that would get passed. Um, and you know, that would be that would be a way to modify the Constitution in order to have more just laws. John, thanks for the call. Uh, it's been Mark with you. And Stephanie. Thanks for listening to Free Talk Live. We are live seven nights a week, Monday through Sunday, every day from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. You can find us at freetalklive.com and your local radio stations. It's Free Talk Live. 